Hello and welcome to Take Orally Live. Uh, coming from a very wet and cold Berlin, um, we've taken shelter under a fake palm tree in a steakhouse in uh, Berlin uh, to reflect on uh, Dasmak Day 3, a day late, because I think we were all a bit shattered at the end of yesterday. Uh, once again, I have some friends and colleagues with me. Uh, hi, my name is Kim. I'm one of the juniors um, working at Queen's Medical Centre A&E. You can follow me on Twitter at Ivy Flu Clocks. Hi again, um, I'm Faisal Faruqi, ED consultant um, based at QMC. And you can, um, my Twitter handle is at um, Faisal underscore Faruqi. Yeah, and I should say I'm uh, Jamie <laughs> uh, at McDreamy. Uh, doctor at uh, uh, QMC Emergency Department and teaching fellow at the University of Nottingham. Um, so I think it's fair to say the third day was a very big, uh, quite emotionally charged day, uh, which we be sure to blog on at uh, um, Um We're going to flip the format slightly uh, and I'm going to be interviewed for a little bit, so which one of you guys wants to interview me first? Okay. Um, so first off, we have to give uh, Jamie quite a lot of credit for making the morning session following uh, the Dasmac Gala party, which I believe went on till about 5 a.m. and we were in for 8 a.m. for a talk about um, lighting the flame, uh, critical care education. So Jamie, as a keen teaching fellow, what did you take away from this talk? You are completely right. I'm amazing. And uh, yes, two hours sleep, uh, and I was there. Uh, as a, as I think I should now call myself educationalist. Our food is just arriving. <laughs> Danke. Danke. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. So I've uh, realised at Dasmac that you shouldn't actually call yourself uh, what you think. So was, um, you should add an, a list at the end of everything. So I'm not an educator, I'm an educationalist. So as a keen educationalist, it was a very interesting uh, forum uh, where a number of uh, doctors discussed about the future of, of education. And um, I think one of the big things they talked about was how we can prepare for the future whilst teaching for now. And uh, I liked that they talked about training the basics to use as a building block for the future as we, d we don't really know what uh, we'll, uh, we'll need in 10 years time but then also to focus on the things that machines can't do such as empathy uh, as you know as we face increasing automation in healthcare but the actual you know empathy and it being a genuine emotion is something that uh, we should focus on. One of the things that they um, talked a lot about as a panel um, of really rather sort of expert people in their field was about the future of simulation um, and how we can use sim. I know you do a lot of that in Dream. Yeah. What, what have you got to reflect on? Uh, so yes, they did. They talked a lot about interprofessional education and simulation, two things that are cl close to my heart in Dream. Um, I think I liked the bit that they talked about uh, interprofessional education being the go-to standard rather than an add-on, and that maybe the future is that all the common components are taught to everyone, so nurses, uh, medical students, pharmacists, you know, you all need to sit in on an, an, an anatomy lecture, maybe that should be the basis. Uh, but then for the more specialised subsections further along down the line but then in terms of simulation I think they they 
talked about uh, rather than having these focused sim centres that are sort of popping up everywhere that I think maybe hospitals should rather have a sim service which works across the whole hospital so rather than each department having its own sim team there should be one for the whole hospital which then focuses on better expertise and uh, can develop better tools and so say if you were in an emergency department and you wanted to do an in-situ paediatric trauma uh, simulation for example then you could go to that team and they could bring it on for you rather than you trying to do it all by yourself which I think is a, a very profound um, tactic um, I also liked you know and it's probably a bit, a bit away from what question you asked, but when one of the doctors was, it was an American, so they used the term residency, but I think it's it would work for foundation years as well. But medical school is gets you to being a foundation slash residency doctor, uh, and then that is when you actually learn to be a doctor, which I think was was very uh, very profound, sort of stuck with me. Uh, but then they also they say that rather than simulation being this something that that everybody thinks they can do and that just doing it is enough is actually to say, as I said, with that sub-specialised uh, teams to treat it as a skill. So not all of us thinks could, can do ECMO, so why should all of us think that we could put on simulation? Yeah, um, and then one of the other things that was kind of brought up, SMAC as a international conference, um, they recognised that not everywhere has got the really flashy, um, updated tech to do super sim, um, which we had some great demonstrations of through the week of really sort of, um, you know, using professional film crews, using really techy um, models. But they actually did say, you know, at the end of the day, sim is about the learners and you can facilitate that without a lot of that equipment. Um, how do you think we can translate that into what we do back at home? Um, so again, I forget who said it, but um, one of the panel mentioned a, a tactic of actually saying to the learner at the beginning of sim, what do you actually want me to look out for? And I think when you're giving feedback, you can feel that actually, the, if you actually wanted to talk about absolutely everything, you'd be there all day. And I think you should always try for at least an equal amount of feedback to the time in the sim. But a lot of the time, as I said in in, in our second day um, podcast, you can actually your feedback can then be very vague. But I think if you actually say to somebody, "What is it you actually want me to look out for? Is there a particular skill that you've been working on? Is there something that's been mentioned to you before? Do you actually want me to look out for specifically?" And, and we could talk about that maybe in private afterwards. I've had quite an extended Twitter conversation about that with one of my colleagues today. Um, and I think the idea that, that we should always talk, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether it's normal in a sim situation, I think in any situation as well, is uh, quite, uh, you know, something that's also stuck with me. Um, and I think that we also, we potentially, we need to, to think more better about how we, we do our feedback. I mean, I've certainly known it with, with trainees coming to me the day before their ARCP is due. <laughs> saying you need to do these three things and you think well actually these are quite profound uh, cases you're talking about and you know it would be nice to have a bit more time to actually go through this rather than rushing and I think we, we do need to be better trained in how to give and to receive feedback I remember once in a teaching session when I like to get the audience watching a sim to, to provide feedback and I remember one of the the audience members giving some rather 
harsh feedback that wasn't taken very well and actually quite a distressing situation so I think again that that's important as well and that's that's a cultural change as much as anything I think that's something where a lot of people all inspired like at a conference such as Smack to come along and, and to agree to that that's not just going to be me on my own along with some other you know social justice fighters um, so I think that's enough from my voice so yeah and I think we need to do some eating so we're going to pause this and eat and then we'll right then so uh, starters down uh, first course finished excellent um, we've all had a drink as well so um, opening up to the floor now uh, what's the uh, what do you guys want to talk about um, about Dasmac day three so I think the, the second half of the morning session was very inspirational um, and I think that is what we were all looking forward to as um, to be honest with you um, especially because of the horrible weather we all wanted uh, you know day three to be really it, it was appalling yeah <laughs> um, and especially the the, the two um, um, there were two really excellent talks on how to fail part one by Kevin Fong and part two by Martin Bromley um, and basically it was so it was very it was really good to listen to Martin Bromley since we have all heard about Elaine Bromley's uh, story mm. and how the human factors are so important in our daily working life um, the main idea of this these both these talks were that that the way our health system is um, or the way the health system is designed we are all bound to make some mistakes yeah um, but the most important thing is that we need to learn from these mistakes um, so that was, I think, the important from these two talks. Um, and then there was a, a sim session, the, the third part of the sim session, which was about the critical moments in intensive care. And from ED point of view, this is what we do a lot of times. We, it's all about breaking bad news. Um, and it can be a quite a difficult conversation. Uh, and the main thing was that we should plan the meeting, that what we are going to say. Um, and uh, use like you would language. with a trauma team yeah with a trauma team yeah use simple language uh, don't keep catastrophic news uh, till the end uh, be honest with the family or the relatives use the silence well use the moments well and give them time to absorb um, and they've recommended that we should all um, attend some sort of a sim session which are available uh, because this is what we as ED physicians do on a regular basis yeah so yeah, I think uh, Kevin Fong's joined my list of uh, man crushes. It was a very good talk. <coughs> uh, astronaut and anaesthetist. Um, he he talked about uh, systems being either fail safe, yeah. detects a problem, stops the process, fail deadly. Um, so there's a breakdown in communication or whatever. There isn't a signal that it gets, so it kicks in the the uh, the process or fail operational so um, you can have um, five processes uh, processes on a space shuttle only one is actually needed to pilot it so if four of them fail that can pilot and, and he talked I liked this phrase and maybe it says something about my personality uh, competence porn uh, that we uh, we all believe that uh, we all get lulled into this sense that that we can avoid failure and and he used the phrase of failure is not an option um, saying that actually it's not an option it's it's compulsory there will be failure um, and uh, that definitely stuck with me do, do you, would you agree 
Yeah, well then there was also discussion about um, sort of humble humble competence or something like that Um, about you know we you know we do need to be confident about what we're doing about our decisions um, but humble enough to recognize that actually sometimes we are wrong um, we can get things wrong even with the best intentions um, and you'd be much better off recognizing that and dealing with it than just sort of barreling through yeah and um yeah, so that was something Martin Bromley spoke um, because obviously with his charity work that he's done, and he um, he highlighted three stages that that, or that that he'd noticed in after the work that he'd done. So one of them being what you said that 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 um, idea of confidence, humility. That, yeah, I was about to mention about yeah. confidence, humility. Yeah. I mean that was something that we should um, embrace yeah yeah so it said that yeah the idea of a senior such as Faisal not accepting the opinion of a junior um, and um, the idea that you could look back at an M&M situation or whatever and think well I wouldn't have done that and just not completely accept uh, rather than thinking about why something made sense at the time uh, and as well as about systems and, and packages that make it hard to be right and easy to be wrong so you know your intrathecal and your IV uh, drug both looking in the same package that could easily be be missed anything else um yeah well we also had a a talk um by someone who I can't find on my little app thing um, <laughs> who was talking about that one of the the steps in all of this is sort of being aware of your the, the prejudices you bring to the table your sort of um, intellectual blocks you might have and she was particularly referencing um, engaging with colleagues um, and like we've mentioned in a previous podcast with your other tribes and things um, so hitting your thinking about you know whenever you make a mistake it's because you were having a bad day, it was because you're hungry, it's because you were tired. Um, whenever someone else makes a mistake, it's because they're an idiot. Um, so she was saying about, you know, in that moment where you've, you've witnessed a mistake, having to, instead of just going, well, they're a moron, why on earth are they doing this? Taking a moment to stop, reset your your approach the way that you're looking at this which is you know is hard to do um and she went through some um interesting sort of dance move um (laughs) thought process of just trying to completely snap yourself out of that mindset and instead of thinking what on earth is wrong with this person actually thinking what what is their framework why is it that they've behaved like that why is it that that mistake might have happened and how can I deal with it in a positive way um, you know if if it had been your best friend your partner your child that had made that mistake you would want to know why they've done that why is it so out of character for them what's going on underneath um, and she's sort of encouraged us that we need to do that with our colleagues maybe even with our patients at times um, you know think about what what's brought them to that point how can I highlight that to them in a in a productive way um, how can we make this how can we be curious about it and turn it into a learning experience for, for both parties yeah so um, she was 
a bit graphic with it, but rather than thinking WTF as in what the expletive, um, WTF as in change that WTF to WTF what's their frame, so to try and uh, explore their mindset um, and to, yeah, to go from that certainty to a curiosity. And um, she actually put that up as a hashtag, WTF to WTF. So it'd be interesting to follow that a bit on Twitter over the next month or so and see whether any fellow DAS smackers have uh, been inspired. <coughs> um, awesome. Um, Faisal, anything else that, you, that you've, you've taken from the third day or, or DAS smack in general? Um, I think um, I really enjoyed the the last uh, session, mm. the, the the panel discussion. It was very it was incredible, um, and uh, there were a lot of discussions about um, around love, emotions, uh, quality of life, kindness, interaction, and all the sort of things we talk about in resource every day. <laughs> every day, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they are two uh, very brilliant speakers, Martin Bromley, whose stories, as far as I said, we already know about, and, and, and James Pearcy, a gentleman who, who being in a, in a car crash, lost his wife tragically, and, and spent a lot of time on ITU with a traumatic brain injury. Um, and I, I found it very humbling to have that experience, and that's something we don't really get. So in A&E, with our four-hour target, off they go. That's kind of it. We don't see them downstream. We don't see whether they have the post-traumatic distress or post-traumatic growth that some people actually do have where they actually maybe they, they still experience that loss but they, they maybe grow a different way mm. Mm. I think that, that was profound well like you said um, at the start Jamie day three was um, quite an emotionally um, challenging day so kind of moving away from um, the technical there was there was a lot of discussion both from clinicians about their own personal experiences um, of things like burnout the way that patient stories have affected them um, we even had some insight into someone who had had found something incidentally whilst um, doing an ultrasound on his son for practice with a new gadget and kind of the the journey that he went through with that but then also, as, as you've just mentioned, we had a, a patient relative perspective and a, and a patient's perspective. Um, and people were actually very um, open and very honest and very vulnerable in a crowd of 2,500 people, um, which, I mean, it was palpable. It, was, it really resonated. You had a huge group of clinicians um, recognizing that what we do on a day-to-day -day basis has a huge impact you know not only on ourselves but on the people we look after and on the people that we look after as loved ones um and it was it, it was quite a quite an insight quite a challenge at times um but good to spend that time reflecting. And I think, again, in A&E, we're guilty of perhaps not doing that a great deal because we are, you know, you've, you've got to keep your eye on the ball. You've got to keep going. When you've had a difficult situation, um, you're, you're just sort of barreling through, picking up the next patient. Um, and there's, I think there's a lot to be said for actually taking a step back when you're able to and linking in with the, the talk they had right at the beginning about... The, the future of education and the importance of sort of debriefing you know something they talked about is it shouldn't it shouldn't just be in sim situations we should be debriefing 
all situations, not just the really excellent ones and the really traumatically awful ones, but actually the, the mundane day-to-day -day stuff we do, you know, at, at some point during Smack they talked about the importance of finding your, um, your failure friend, so a, a trusted person who's one of your peer group that you can just really honestly go to and talk about how you're doing, um, sort of get things off your chest, get some feedback and check in at regular points um, and I think that's certainly something that I'll be taking home and wanting to do. Excellent, yeah, I, I again liked um, the talk yesterday about um, changing feedback to rather than being a, a plus and a negative column to uh, no pros and cons, so instead have a plus column and a delta column, delta being the mathematical symbol for change. So, so this was really good, these are things that we can change. I think that really is a way of suiting any sort of situation, uh, whether it's you know me in a sim environment or maybe you know you Faisal as a manager looking at the system you know overall in, in your consultant meetings or anything like that. Um, and I would I'd like to mention as well the the last talk uh, the, just before the forum on uh, trending towards togetherness, which looked at because um, I think it's uh, we can be very Anglo-American sort of focused, uh, and plus obviously Australia in that as well as it's DASMAC and a lot of New Zealanders. It was nice to hear from a doctor from uh, Uganda to talk about how most medicine is emerging in the African continent as a whole and um, gave a, uh, I f I'd be very surprised if, if uh, it doesn't win the, the best uh, talk of the whole uh, conference um, but a very harrowing, like him mentioned another harrowing story about as a fourth year medical student having to be in the community away from any hospital and, and trying to save the life of a very malnourished baby I certainly couldn't imagine being like that as a fourth year uh, struggled to get out of bed in the morning most days um, and I think, um, I think that, that stuck with me. Good to listen to uh, Vera um, assistant, um, she, the one who discussed about the global refugee crisis. Yeah. It was one of a non-medical talk but it was a mind-blowing talk. Had a, with a, with a uh, standing ovation at the end. Yeah, exactly. And there were a lot of things which we had no idea um, but it was, like I said, something different. Mm. I think, I think the thing with SMAC is it, it's not so much the, the clinical, there was some very good clinical focuses, but overall the whole general human factors and, and that was very profound and, you know, being very honest, hearing from respected colleagues and, and very senior people talking about things like self-oblivion and dark thoughts and places, but then also talking about these incredibly uh, positive moments and, and, you know, certainly make me less likely to complain the next time I maybe run out of Insilagel but at least I'm in a, in a <laughs> Western hospital with a working light system and you know things like that. Awesome. Do you think you're going to go to the next smack in, in uh, February in 2019? Uh, where was it? In Australia, Sydney. In Australia, Sydney, February 2019, yeah. Um, We'll see. <laughs> I might have finished my masters. Well, I'll have finished my masters by then, so I'll have to pay full price. Uh, <laughs> will you? Probably we can all go for a month. Maybe. <laughs> Certainly not doing what some people from Australia did and just fly over to Germany for for three days and then flying back. I don't know how you did that. Um, we'll, we'll we'll have a look. We'll see. Maybe do some locoming before that. Um, we should mention Simon's not here. He's he flew back yesterday, so we, we're missing you, Simon. Hope you've got back okay. Um, and uh, well, I think hopefully our main will be arriving soon, so we better wrap up. So. Um
and again we'll get more details on JT's blog takeorally.com um, so as I say goodbye I'd like you to also say your favourite bit from Das Smack and what you're going to take from Das Smack uh, so uh, Kim so possibly going to uh, bottle this by being rather general but <laughs> <laughs> don't say everything no 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 not everything I I was just inspired by the speakers in general so you know each day we had you know sort of felt like about 15 talks from people who are doing an awful lot of good things um, you know not only in our professional field but they are you know on educational boards they're working for NASA they're out adventuring in the Arctic and it just I think sometimes especially in the, the dark gloomy basement of QMCED you can get a bit insular um, but just remembering there's other passions other things out there um, that actually probably make you a better doctor um, and that I'll, I'll choose that one. Okay. <laughs> Faisal? Um, I think um, when we're working in a department, it's not only the patients we should look after, we should look after our colleagues. I think that is the most important thing because our job is quite difficult, very stressful, and if we don't look after our colleagues, um, then um, basically we're not doing our job properly. Uh, I think Liz Crowe said that it, it's uh, boy, it's spotting burnout in a colleague and doing nothing about it. It would be like diagnosing asthma and not starting salbutamol. Yeah, very profound. Um, you didn't ask me, but I'll say it anyway. I th <laughs> what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get better at my ultrasound. That was inspiring. I, d I do like my ultrasound, and I, I really wish I had more time to, to do a bit of ultrasound when I can. But also, I, I think the again, like Kim said, the inspiration. Um, I've mentioned before in, in the blogs that I'm a big fan of Ross Fisher. And uh, I liked the the presentation style and a lot of it very very few words, mostly picture based. So that that's obviously the way I'm going to go down, which my colleagues are going to love because they then never understand what my presentations are about when they have to then uh, present uh, when I'm not around. So, but there you go. Anyway, I'll have to obviously improve my uh, explanations. All right then. Um, so yeah, take orally is on Facebook and on Twitter. We have takeorally.com. I'm McDreamy, Kim is at Ivy Flucox, Faisal is at Faisal underscore Faruqi. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Germany. Thank you, Berlin. Thank you, Smack. You've been amazing. Uh, say goodbye, Kim. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Faisal. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. And uh, yeah, till the next time.